Hello everyone, let's look at the constellation of Taurus in this Gnostic Zodiac series. In the previous video, we saw how Aries governs the head and the brain. And now we go down the human body to the throat chakra, which is also connected to the ears and the thyroid gland and also clairaudience. So this time in Taurus is about connecting to our senses and our personal expression and enjoyment in this material world. It's also symbolized by the bull being an earth sign as well. So naturally, you'll find people born under this sign are hard workers and have a lot of willpower to get things done. Taurus people may find themselves persevering with projects that last several years. Out of any of the zodiac signs, Taurus is probably the one most capable of persevering through things that require a lot of commitment since they carry this tenacious energy. This could come across as aggressive or forceful at times as they can be very uh, persistent and practical, but for the most part in their superior aspect, their nature is found more in enjoying being in the service of others. Uh, they're also very loving and sensual as it is all about the senses, uh, it's about appreciating our place in this physical earth, physical material life and experiencing it fully, making it a very uh, artistic sign, um, very musical and also romantic. Uh, this is also amplified by the fact that it's governed by Venus, the planet of love. So going from Aries in the head to Taurus in the throat are two very different energies. Mars is very different to Venus. So it reflects the soul's journey from the fire of Aries to know oneself spiritually to jumping straight into the material senses as a sort of first gate to which we need to comprehend on the spiritual journey. And what I mean by that is, as a general rule, if you don't know how to enjoy physical life, you will struggle to experience, appreciate or enjoy spiritual life or the spiritual dimensions of your own inner worlds. So access to the fourth or fifth dimensions of nature or higher is all preceded by knowing how to live in the third dimension. That's the first rule, sort of, to begin awakening to reality. Now, most people would consider themselves to be living in the physical dimension since they have a physical body and have physical senses, but in our consciousness, it's just not true for the most part that we live in the physical world. We don't, not spiritually, not psychologically. Instead, most of us are living in the sub-dimensions of nature, which is below the physical dimension. In other words, we live in our subconsciousness, unconsciousness, darkness, ego, etc. And uh, this is really most of our consciousness, almost 100% of the time we live in this subconscious, subjective state. And this is why uh, hell is symbolized as below the earth, because we don't really live from moment to moment appreciating the gift and majesty of life. So as Aries in the head, we say 
I would like to know, right? I would like to know the mysteries of the universe and myself, right? But we can't begin to really know ourselves until we learn to enjoy the gift of physical, material life. That doesn't mean to become uh, like a party animal or adrenaline junkie, but it means to live and appreciate life from moment to moment as it is and not what we think or feel it to be with our thousands of layers of subconscious, subjective, mental and emotional projections, but to know how to vibrate vibrantly with the rhythms and reality of physical nature, which is only accessed now, right, in this physical reality, not in fears, worries, anxieties, spiritual beliefs, thoughts, fantasies. All these things are not reality. It's just trash of consciousness, really. Illusion, Maya. And you can understand this dilemma of not appreciating life when you look at most people in the world today, most of us, and how we don't really feel at home wherever we are, and everyone's always looking for, you know, the next best thing that will make them content, happy, fulfilled, uh, you know, looking to move to another country, uh, looking for another job. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? And this relates to Taurus because Taurus is about finding our inner home. Our outer home too, of course, eventually, but fundamentally everything must first happen from within. If we want to change our external life, change must first come from within. Otherwise we uh, keep experiencing the same thing, right? And so this is all also deepened by the fact that Gnostically speaking, it's understood that all the forces that we have on this planet Earth originate from the constellation of Taurus, since Taurus is the home of Pleiades. And it's understood that our solar system is the seventh star which gravitates around Pleiades, around something like every uh, 10,000 years. And that we are actually part of the Pleiades system whether you want to understand it uh, scientifically, spiritually, or esoterically. We belong to that group of stars. And thus, Taurus is everyone's home, so to speak, galactically. Uh, I'll leave links below if you're interested in reading about that further. And this is why the ancient Egyptians worshipped the bull Apis, not for idol worship, but simply just recognizing the celestial significance of this sign. And it's taught uh, that in Atlantis as well, the bull was a symbol of our animal self that we need to master. So again, meaning to enter physical life in order to grow and expand as a being in creation. And if you're reflecting carefully, you can understand how this is connected also to the sexual mysteries and white tantra and alchemy. Because as beings, if we want to become self-realized and awaken, we have to be born into physical, material, sexual, primal life, right? To be born is a sexual matter. It's the first gate, so to speak again, as we said earlier. 
And it's also the first Sephiroth in the Kabbalah on the Tree of Life, Malkuth, the kingdom. Now, of course, as we've repeated a lot in this series, none of the zodiac signs are only specific for each individual, but every constellation affects us all in varying degrees. And spiritually, Taurus plays an important role in the development of clairaudience, which means the ability to hear our internal state, to hear the sound or vibration of our inner world in a very subtle way. And as this faculty develops, as our level of being raises, if we're really walking the spiritual path, then we're able to hear new octaves of understanding, conceptual synthesis uh, in the form of inner sound or primordial sound, okay, in an internal listening way, if that makes sense, like a profound sensitivity and receptivity to our inner world and our connection to the superior dimensions of nature. So what I'm trying to say is, in other words, mere intellectual knowledge is very insignificant, but the ability to comprehend new information by means of tuning in to our level of being and our inner world is much more superior because it implies direct knowledge from experience, gnosis. So this time of Taurus implies that we should make an effort to become more aware and more sensitive to unconscious sounds that are always happening within. The endless thoughts, narratives, emotions uh, that occur throughout the day. So this is also like saying we should also be aware of the sound or feeling of our own inner silence. And what I mean by that is a lot of people believe that meditation is about finding our inner silence. And while that's true, um, it's not a profound or deep way to understand the purpose of meditation. We can all easily, right now in this moment, observe silence within us. But what is much harder is to listen to the voice of our silence, right? Silence speaks too. In the most obvious way, it speaks through our psychological moods, okay? And you can comprehend this when uh, sometimes we feel ourselves to have silence, yet we're in a bad mood, or we do something wrong, you know, we're just not happy, right? Or we do something bad to another person or something, uh, because we weren't, you know, aware enough, we weren't present enough, we didn't have enough intelligence to encompass our awareness in our whole being, not just like in a little corner being silent. So inner silence also has a specific sound, vibration, or quality to it. And when you start reaching that point of uh, sensitivity in your meditation practice, uh, then you begin developing this subtle art of hearing what is within. Uh, there'll be a couple of uh, meditation mantras given at the end of this video for the practice. So there's a saying by Master Samayal, to talk when one should keep quiet is as bad as to keep quiet when one should talk. So this is pointing towards something very important and profound 
on the spiritual path, when we begin to really awaken, which is we have to learn to control our word. And not just the words we say, but the words we think and the words we believe in the many subconscious layers of our psyche. To discover the particular vibration or verb of our words is not just a matter of intellectual reflection, but more about bringing profound and intimate awareness to the very real vibrations of our inner world and how it is affecting our whole life externally and internally and understanding intimately how we create our reality through what we create in our words, right? And that applies to even before when we begin to say words. There's a certain presence or vibration or verb before words are spoken, right? before we cast spells, so to speak. So we're all always casting spells from within, creating our reality, creating our day-to-day -day experience. Nobody wants to believe this, though, uh, because the I, the ego, doesn't want to admit when it has created a negative reality. And then its, its sense of self feels itself to be a victim. And we could say this is the whole humanity right now. Everyone's lost. And uh, ev when everyone gets to the end of their life, uh, everyone says, you know, how did that all happen? <laughs> you know, we're totally unconscious of how we have gotten to the point where we are in this life, in this existence, of how we have created where we are right now. In this life, previous lives, uh, the afterlife, it all doesn't really matter. The, the main fundamental cause of it all is because we don't know ourselves. So another saying comes to mind from Lao Tzu, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Watch your words for they become your actions. Watch your actions for they become your habits. Watch your habits for they become your character. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. So to get on to more positive and negative personality traits in Taurus, uh, again, Taurus is Earth, very good at handling material life, very stable. But of course, as with any negative sign of the Earth element, there is a possibility of laziness and the temptation to be too comfortable. And since it's such a practical sign, this constant persevering energy, this hardworking energy can also lead to stubbornness. So Taurus can create a plan and execute it marvelously, uh, which is excellent, but attachment to that plan and excess persistence creates rigidness and inflexibility. Like the bull is just running and there's no way to stop it. So it's good for Taurus people to stay detached and not identified with whatever plans they make or however great they are, not trying too hard to find themselves in it. And part of helping them with that would be finding a sense of being of service to others rather than always just um, making plans for themselves. So Taurus people usually have very uh, positive, healthy, loving friendships and families. Um, they have a predisposition for uh, architecture, interior design, painting, nature, art, music, anything to do with home comforts, 
aesthetics, beauty, sensuality. And in its uh, superior aspect, all of these traits are expressed wonderfully and balanced in a, in a balanced Taurus. And in negative aspects, it may come in the form of uh, being too attached to all of these sensual material pleasures, maybe such as food, sex, uh, enjoying physical appearance too much as well. In other words, vanity. So Taurus people may find also an underlying subconscious sense of seeking comfort or security or luxury and pleasantness in their life activities, which they might not even realize. So in other words, rather than embracing more fire elements of developing courage to live through ordeals and discomforts, uh, they may instead find them find ways to cover it all up with all of the with their great ability to uh, connect with sensual pleasures so i'd say it's a good idea for taurus people to purposely get out of their comfort zones every now and then and make decisions they wouldn't usually make in order to see what comes up from within for example, some Taurus people might have a very healthy instinct to live out in the peaceful countryside. But if they did this in the spirit of running away from discomfort, then this would be a negative obstacle in the way of them truly growing. And in that case, maybe it might be better for them to go live back in the busy city for a while to understand why they ran away and self-observe and see what egos in their psyche exactly are being provoked and why. So that's just one example, but the point is Taurus needs to learn how to be out of their comfort zone more often. And this can be understood more by looking at Taurus's opposite sign, which is Scorpio. And as we saw in that episode, Scorpio is to do with our raw sexual energy and the transformation of these deeper primal parts of our being. Scorpio represents no fear and embracing the darker parts of our psyche and being, or other words, shadow work or working on one's ego in a real and direct way in order to gain self-knowledge and personal power from the opportunity to embrace lessons from the adversities and problems of life. So Scorpio energy can teach Taurus, it can teach us that the superior way to live life, if we really want to grow and expand, is to embrace problems with courage, to walk with intention, to overcome problems fully, so that we can gain wisdom and know and transcend our weaknesses, which is not really possible if we chase comfort too much. Uh, you may want to see my video on the psychological gym of life for more on this. Okay, so the practice for this sign mainly consists of two different mantras for meditation, and I'll just simply read it out to you. In a comfortable chair, close your eyes in order for nothing of this vain and stubborn world to distract you. Empty the mind, cast out of the mind all kinds of thoughts, desires, worries, etc. Imagine that the light accumulated during Aries in your head moves with Taurus towards your creative larynx, the throat. Sing the mantra Aum 
open the mouth properly with ah, imagining that the light descends from the head to the larynx. Then while vocalizing the oo, vividly imagine that the light floods the throat. The mouth must be rounded properly to sing oo. The last letter is m, closing the lips, expelling or casting out the breath with force, as if eliminating the negative energy from the throat, like cleaning our word. This work is done singing the powerful mantra Aum four times, and which goes like this. Then vocalize the vowel E daily, like this. E as in beg, for one hour. The vibratory sound of this vowel will awaken the power of the esoteric ear within us. The vowel e or e causes the thyroid gland, which is the center of the magical ear, the Vishuddha chakra, to vibrate. The vowel e also develops clairvoyance of the mental body within us. The vowel e makes the mental body vibrate and gives us conceptual synthesis and the power to penetrate into the intimate sense of words.